Welcome to the Bitches Be Brave podcast. We know how difficult and crazy it can be to juggle family, career, and not to mention make time for yourself as a busy working mom. So it's time to get inspired and gain the tools to create a life you love. We are your hosts, Bev Steele and Heather Hobbs. Join us as together we motivate, inspire, and gain tools to thrive in all areas of life. Let's go. Welcome to this episode of Bitches Be Brave, where we interview Dr. Tiffany Mullen, who is the CEO and co-founder of Vital Health, a Milwaukee, Wisconsin-based telemedicine startup company that is focused on solving health problems that have been overlooked or untreated by traditional healthcare. And Dr. Tiffany is amazing. Um, what she does and how she has come up with this company to help care and target busy women is amazing. And I know it's definitely going to be something that I want to try out. I, I feel exactly the same way. I mean, I, I am one of those people that I just like, I know I should be taking vitamin supplements, but I go into a vitamin store or the drug store or whatever. And I'm like overwhelmed. I just don't know. And I'm getting older. Should I be taking hormones? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And really, if I, I think about it, if I don't have a driving issue, I'm not going to go to the doctor, right? I'm not going to go to the doctor unless I like, okay, this is happening, but what could I be doing now to prevent having to go to the doctor to avoid medication? Well, and I'm the opposite. I have like, I take a boatload, like a bazillion vitamins and supplements every day. Like I literally have this huge cupboard and I, every day. And so if once I start taking something, I just keep on taking it and I keep piling on more. I think more is better, which it's not. And so I, I think that you know, to have a naturopathic doctor, somebody who's truly focused on the whole body and finding out the root cause and looking deeper into your food, into your sleep, into your hormones. And, you know, what are you potentially sensitive to that's causing a reaction in your body? I mean, these are things that your regular doctor doesn't look for. And to your point, Bev, I think that so much of illness today is prevented, is preventative, and we're not really doing a lot, though, to dig into what we can do to properly prevent disease. Yeah, and I think it has to be ongoing. I know I, when I had my physical last year, I was low, and I always am, being a vegetarian, low. I feel like my iron is always low. Mm -hmm. Vitamin D is always low. Iron's low. And, you know, you take, maybe I'm taking an iron supplement or vitamin D, but then what happens at that point? Like, do I just continue to take it? Do right. I, you know, the on ongoing. That's why I loved, you know, she's talking about the subscription service where there's ongoing. So you can, you know, you should be tailoring it based on what's happening in your life. If, you know, I may have gone to the doctor and that was the case, but what's not being looked at is maybe I was home for three months with COVID, you know, <laughs> with the pandemic. So I'm not getting out as much, but then that changes and I'm outside a lot. So I really feel like it needs to evolve, not just on the annual basis when we go in and get our physicals, and I hope everybody is going for their physicals on an annual basis, but it really needs to evolve as you, you know, as you evolve through the year. Yeah. And frankly, it has come to this. I mean, we can do so many things virtually, right? We can book airlines and we can plan entire vacations from our phone, but our healthcare has remained where you still have to go get in your car and take up an hour and a half you know, just waiting to see your doctor. So for me as a busy mom, I love the idea of telemedicine. And I think with COVID, we've kind of started to really open that door where people 
have been able to try it when maybe they didn't think they would want to before. And I'm, yeah, I'm excited to move forward with this. And I think it's going to, I think it's going to be the future. Yeah. To me, it's like, I need almost need my healthcare to be as easy as Amazon. Cause yeah. you know, now if I am out of a light bulb, I pick up my phone and I've ordered it, it'll be here tomorrow. Yeah. But with my healthcare, I think, oh, I really need to call the doctor. I really need to schedule an appointment. I really, and then the day goes by, a day goes by. So making it easier for everyone to be able to get that support, to talk to somebody, to find out what is going on and to get better is key. It's so important. So this is an awesome episode. You guys are going to want to share it with your friends and you're going to learn a lot. So here we go. go. Hey guys, we're just taking a quick break to tell you about an amazing new wine that we just discovered. You guys know that nobody loves a glass of wine more than we do, but when we learned what is actually in the wine that we were drinking, we were shocked. No wonder we were getting headaches, brain fog, and having trouble sleeping. That's right, Heather, but then we discovered Dry Farm Wines. Dry Farm Wines are organically crafted, unprocessed wine, free of sugar, additives, and lower in alcohol. These wines are amazing, and they're better for our bodies and our planet. Now we can enjoy the pleasure and euphoria of wine without the negative effects of higher alcohol consumption. To find out where you can try these amazing wines and get a special Bitches Be Brave discount, click on the link in our show notes below. So Tiffany, welcome to our show. We're so excited to have you here today. Thank you. Great to be here. Uh, so I would love for you to start from the beginning and tell us your journey and how you got to be doing what you're doing today with your company. Well, the beginning is really the beginning, actually. Um, my early experience with, um, with being a patient was really what, I guess, informed the trajectory of the rest of my life. I didn't know it at the time, but I was one and a half years old when I got sick, and I had developed this very mysterious illness, um, very swollen joints, a lot of pain, and some other miscellaneous symptoms. And I lived in a really small town in Southern Illinois, and um, I stumped my pediatrician. He thought I had rheumatic fever and treated, treated me a couple of times for that. It didn't work. So ultimately, I ended up um, going to St. Louis, which was the closest children's hospital to where, where I lived. And I was diagnosed with the kid form, the pediatric form of rheumatoid arthritis, which is an autoimmune disease. It's pretty rare in kids. And at that time, when I was that young, um, it was even rarer. And there weren't really any diagnostic tests. So it was purely a clinical diagnosis. You had to look at somebody and know what, what to look for. So it was a female doctor, interestingly, that was a pediatric rheumatologist. And this was mm -hmm. 1967, so uh, maybe 68. So that was a long time ago for a female doctor and a female specialist. So that's pretty amazing in and of itself. Um, so, I, so this is a disease that you know, is, is fairly progressive in some people. And some people it waxes and wanes. In my case, it waxed and waned. I spent the first two to three years with the illness, uh, completely incapacitated and had to rehabilitate through physical and occupational therapy to get back up on my feet. I couldn't walk, I couldn't really move. Um, and so that was a long process. Um, and eventually, uh, as, a, as a young woman, I was at this point in my life where I was trying to decide, um, I think I had just come to the spiritual moment where um, I kind of like Viktor Frankl, who, who wrote Man's mm -hmm. Search for Meaning, um, I just felt like there was something about my experience, my lifelong experience with this problem that I wanted to make into something good. I wanted to transform it into something 
meaningful. And so I decided to go to medical school. I was not a biology major. I was an art history major mm-hmm. and I was working in the art field and I had just this, this reckoning that I, that I had to do something different. So I went off to med school with the whole idea that I was going to change the world. <laughs> I was going to get in there and do all the things that I thought were awful about the patient experience and about the way that patients are treated. Um, I've had some really good doctors, but I've had some horrendous experiences. I think many of us who have been touched by the healthcare system can relate to that. And um, so I went off to med school and did residency in family medicine and then picked primary care because I wanted to have relationships with patients and know them and know their kids and their families and really be an integral part of their life. And what I realized was after working in it for 20 years um, that the healthcare system and everything that is designed around the care of people, which is a stretch to even say, um, is stacked against that. There just is not the time for people to form a bond with their doctor, to feel heard, let alone manage a health problem in a way that either resolves it or manages it in a way that's in keeping with the value system of that person. So it tends to be the transactional 10 to 15 minute visit in and out and really all you can do in that time. And I can tell you this because I have been the doctor is hand out prescriptions because there isn't any time to say, hmm, let's see if we can figure out what's going on here. <clears throat> so um, I was disgruntled by that whole situation from the beginning. So I became trained in integrative and functional medicine, um, which was a tremendous boon to my own uh, passion for healthcare and medicine. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it was even more, you know, round square hole, round peg, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever that saying is. I always forget which one is round and which one is square. Um, <laughs> It, you know, to try to, to try to help somebody in the way that we do in these types of practices is, is, I would say, nearly impossible in the system. And so by 2016, I was involved in the medical directorship of the health system. I was working in a corporate health company. I was trying to influence that company to be better, to, to be more holistic, to have time to address lifestyle. I mean, really all the things that just, I think we all go like, yeah. Um, and it just wasn't happening. And by 2016, I was just in flames with burnout and said, you know, I got to do something different. So I put myself in a position to learn how to run a business, how to do digital health. And in 2018, I left and uh, founded Vital Health. Off the diving board, I went. (laughs) (laughs) Very brave. Super brave. Yes. (laughs) I just need to be done better. (laughs) Well, and which is amazing because at that time, I mean, it was just kind of your, that was like when digital health and telemedicine is just starting to be talked about, which is amazing because right now in this kind of COVID world and post COVID, like that's really, I mean, things are going to in a speedy fashion, I think, move so much more to that. It's forced us, right, into kind of a forced telemedicine type of environment. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're really ahead of the game. Well, and here I am this, like, I'm not 25. I didn't go to Stanford. I don't live in Silicon Valley. Like, I'm this Midwesterner with, you know, three children and, um, you know, I'm not 25 <laughs> and you can do the math because I told you how old I was in the sixties. But um, I, I, you know, I, I really was kind of a little out of my mind to say like, Oh, I'm going to do a startup company at this stage of my life. First business, digital health. I don't have an MBA. You know, I, I just, I, I think I was a little insane. I mean, I'm glad I was because I think mm-hmm. it's really a good thing what we're doing. Um, but yeah, it was, I think hopefully if there, if there are listeners out there who are self-identifying and saying, I could never do something like that. I hope that you 
can hear me say like, if I can do it at this stage, you can do it. <laughs> you can do this. You know, it's not too late. You have to, you have to go for it. You have to do that. Oh yeah. That's definitely our, our mantra and how we ended up here as well. We yeah. just decided just to go for it. Exactly. And you know, that really is where you have to be brave. Um, yeah. Just listening to your story and about healthcare and what was like the challenge for you. Um, I just, you know, I think about just women in general, you know, we don't advocate for ourselves very well. Mm -hmm. We, you know, I told a story, I don't, I think I talked about this on the podcast once, but my mom, I was at a doctor's appointment with her and she was there for something and she asked about something else. And he said, you need to make another appointment for that. And my jaw just dropped. Yeah. I said, you know, really? Have we come, yeah. Have we come to the point that the relationship with your caregiver is just so, you know, your doctor is yeah. so impersonal and what is driving that? Well, I think there are a lot of drivers. I think it is um, the way in which physicians are paid. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that is a big part of it. And physicians, I'm sorry, they should get paid. I mean, they are professionals that have sacrificed a tremendous amount of time to, to acquire the skills and the knowledge to be able to help people. It, even mm -hmm. a primary care path is a seven-year journey post-baccalaureate and all the other stuff. If you become a surgeon, it can be 10, 12, 15 years of training. And the way that we get paid, it's basically a unit payment. You're paid on how many things you can do in what short period of time and how you can creatively tell the story to hit bullet points so that the insurance company won't reimburse you enough to keep a roof over your head. And if you are a corporate entity, so if you're a physician working for a large healthcare system, which most of us in this country are nowadays, um, there's, there's people taking a piece of all of that. There's 17 layers of VPs and there's administrators and a supervisor and, you know, a whole plethora of people in your clinic who are trying to deal with all of the inefficiencies and all the craziness of all the check boxes that we have to deal with. So it is a complete upside down way of paying for care when your insurance company is really the decider, not the physician. And the physician is merely just trying to keep a shirt on their back in order to be able to satisfy the insurance company's uh, meager handout. And so that particular doctor's situation is the stuff that crushes my soul, what you were talking about with your mom, because mm -hmm. I always hated those situations where I am behind because I want to hear all the stories and I want to hear all the problems and I want to deal with all of them. And I can't because my administrator is saying, you have to see 25 people today. Right. Mm -hmm. And I would love for you to go back. I mean, you talked a little bit about, um, you know, getting into integrative medicine. And I yeah. think a lot of people don't understand what that extra layer is. And I know, especially I think our, my, our parents' generation tend to like put doctors on a pedestal and think sure. they just know everything that there is. And, and I don't mean this in any, you know, disrespect. I think mm -hmm. they do. They're brilliant to your point. They're, they're spending all those times in, um, in medical school, but oftentimes I think they're there, they learn how to diagnose and how mm -hmm. to treat a mm -hmm. symptom. Um, so could you, for our listeners, just explain the difference, right? Between yeah. those physicians that actually have that extra layer of integrative medicine. Yes, absolutely. And I would say phys you know, physicians who have integrative functional naturopathic doctors, there's a lot of different pathways yes. to get to that, that point. Um, I think the difference is when you go to medical school, what you are going to learn in medical school is how people break. It's, it's the pathogenesis of people. How does everything go wrong? 
And when you do that, it's important to know that thing, those things, obviously. When you do that, though, you're missing out on how do people stay healthy and what actually drives health in an individual person, not even a population. I like talking about populations too, but an individual person. And so you never get that nutrition. You never get that, what does stress do to the body? How does sleep work? Um, you get all of the things that happen that are diagnoses, that are things that are broken, but, but not that holistic picture of how do people actually stay healthy? And so I got zero training in nutrition in medical school, nothing. Mm -hmm. And when I did my gastroenterology rotation as a student and as a resident, you'd think, okay, stomach, gut, food would be important. No, <laughs> not at all. It's incredible. Um, so integrative functional naturopathic medicine bothers to go, these folks bother to go back to school and say, teach me that stuff that I didn't learn in medical school. Mm -hmm. Teach me nutrition, teach me about sleep, stress, um, exercise, about supplements. How do I prescribe supplements? What are options for people outside of the traditional prescription paradigm? How does acupuncture work? What is chiropractic medicine? What, how does massage do? What, what's the studies on Tai Chi? You know? mm -hmm. So it's really, and it's taking a medical and an evidence-based approach to that. It's not just saying everything out there besides the traditional model is acceptable. I think there's a lot of dangerous, dangerous stuff out there that people um, pedal that is that is harmful or not helpful um, and we sort through that and we learn all of those things so it's a it's a really great broad skill set yeah. Yeah. has that approach changed your own diagnosis with rheumatoid arthritis oh a hundred percent I I actually credit my interest in this to my ability to be as functional as I am because I've, I've had this disease now for 51 years and um, I am, if you looked at me, you would have no idea. I mean, I'm, I walk, I move, I have mm. some deformities, but they're subtle. And I, I mean, I hit the gym for an hour and I hit it hard. And, you know, so there's, there's definitely, I, I completely fold in all of the practices that I recommend for my patients into my own life. Um, and I incorporate that and think it's really done an amazing thing for me as a patient. Yeah. So let's just kind of dig into that. And by the way, we do now know how old you are. Just say that. <laughs> if we couldn't do the math, we do. Know I'm that. over <laughs> it. Um, so I, you know, you have a beautiful website and a touch on a lot of different um, topics there that we, we find that women are challenged with. What are some of the things that you think are, you're seeing today? You know, we talk about, you know, balance in life and, and health and wellness a lot on our podcast, but what are some of the common things that you're seeing with women, moms, uh, mm -hmm. working parents today that is common that really are being ignored or just yeah. considered, oh, I'm just getting older. Oh, of course I'm tired. I have kids. Yeah. I mean, I think we could take that in two categories. One would be sort of the clinical things or the medical things that I see a lot of, and I do see a lot of tired people. Um, really tired people who, who have gone to their doctors and have said, you know, I feel tired. And of course, that 10 minute office visit, the doctor starts to sweat a little like, oh, how am I going to do this? Um, and then, you know, they might run some cursory tests and say, well, you know, you don't have, I don't see anything wrong. Let's, I think you must have depression. And, you know, so many women get offered antidepressants as a, as a knee-jerk reaction, which is just, you know, 1960s women are hysterical. This is the 2020 version of that, and it, it's infuriating. But mm -hmm. um, so, so there's that. And I think there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of 
a lot of women who just aren't sleeping well, who aren't, who aren't eating well, um, they've got weight gain, they've got, you know, uh, just, just feeling dragged through the, through the ground. I mean, they just don't feel good. Um, on top of real, you know, real issues with autoimmune diseases and, um, you know, infections and thyroid problems, hormonal problems, transitioning through perimenopause into menopause can be uh, really kicking your butt. And you, you may not recognize it because all you really hear about is oh, hot flashes. And, but there's this whole repertoire of things that people experience. And I've experienced it myself that, that are surprising, I think, to a lot of women. So there's a lot of those kind of things. And I think that's one sort of the clinical category. But on the other side, I, what I see is a lot of women um, are great researchers. They really go do their homework. They go online um, and they really try to figure it out because maybe they've actually gone to the doctor and not gotten help. So they're really, they come armed with information that they've looked at and they've also coming, they're coming to the visit with their own self understanding, right? They, they know how they feel. And one of the things that we love is bring that because that's so valuable to hear, to hear what you're thinking and what you think about. But it's also, who do I trust to have those conversations? Who do I believe um, has my best interest in mind? And I think that's what I see a lot of women are just yearning for that connection, even with another woman who will meet them as a collaborative provider and say, I hear you. I see what you're going through. I understand it. I, I appreciate your perspective and the knowledge that you're bringing to the table. And here's what I can add to that. And let's work together on this and let's not quit until we figure it out. And when I say those kind of things to women, it just like the tears just come because mm -hmm. they're so tired of managing it on their own, trying to get through on their own, you know? So. Yeah. And I, I mean, I can certainly relate. Like when you're going through the, the sleeping, the eating, the waking, I'm like, yes, 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 and yes. Yeah. Check, check, check. Uh, yes, right. We all um, do. <laughs> like you are talking to me. But I think it's, um, and it's funny because I, I have a degree in nutrition. I have a degree in dietetics. Yes, and I, yeah. I, you know, I studied functional diagnostic nutrition. Like I know the things, right? I know that I should be getting eight hours of sleep. I know I should be turning my screen off before I go to bed. Um, right. I know that I should be practicing stress reduction and, and, you know, eating all the healthy foods, but I think that when life gets so busy and you're on the run and you're on the yes. go and, and, um, it's just, it's tough to do that, but it is, hard. you know, how much do you see, and you you kind of spoke to this, but how mm -hmm. much does that lack of sleep and nutrition play a toll on your total health? It's huge. It's huge. I think people don't realize it until we actually restore some of that. And then they, then they can see the before and after they don't, they get, you know, you get used to sort of running on a lower cylinder all the time and you don't realize what you're missing until you actually get it back. And you're like, Oh my gosh, this is, I mean, I feel so different. You just, your head clears up and you know, you, you feel there's a, there's a lightness to you and it, it, it's hard to describe But When you, when you solve those problems, it really makes a huge difference. I do think that, we do know. I mean, I, I, I don't know that there are that many people out there who, who don't have at least some understanding of like what's healthy to eat mm -hmm. and that, that, that they don't think that having seven to eight or even, let's just say six hours of sleep is a good thing. Um, but I do think that we kind of, I know from my own personal experience as a woman who works and has kids, sometimes we just are trying to do the best that we can 
And I, I think that that's okay. So I like to let myself off the hook <laughs> regularly. And I like to let my patients off the hook too, because none of us are going to be perfect all the time. And I, the best I can do is 80-20. Like if 80% of the time I'm following my own advice and 20% of the time I'm totally off the rails, I'm good. You know, that's, that's, that's as good as I can be. If you, if you, over, you know, over time, you average it all out. It, it's just impossible to be perfect. That is so good to hear. I mean, yeah. I know, like I have a Fitbit that I'm married to and I like look at my sleep every morning. Like, how did I do? Was I good or I never am great. I'm either right. fair or good, but definitely if I have a bowl of ice cream or a couple glasses of wine, and if I have both, <laughs> my sleep is horrible, oh, but no, right? it's like, sometimes you just got to say, I want that bowl of ice cream, yes. you know? I, so yes. I guess more awareness. Mm helps me because then I'm like, okay, maybe I don't need to be doing that every night because I can be aware of that. So how do you help? How, how would you help um, your patient that may be saying, gosh, I'm just really having a hard time sleeping. Like how do you take them through finding what the root cause is? Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a pretty big topic, but um, just, let's just take you. <laughs> okay. So, so we might, so we might start the conversation. You might say, well, I just, I just can't sleep very well. And I might say, okay, let's just talk about what happens before you go to sleep. What is, what does it look like? And what we might discover is that, yeah, there are patterns to, you know, what you're eating before you're going to bed or what you're drinking before you go to bed or what you're looking at or taking in as far as information or the kind of interpersonal reaction, interactions that you're having with people in your life, whether they're people that you actually live with or nowadays it's like anybody online or, you know, telephone. Um, what, what's the pattern? When you do this, this is the outcome. And sometimes we can say it's just as simple as like one glass of wine versus two is, is all you need to do. Because if you drink two, you're up. If you drink one, you're okay. Um, mm -hmm. So simple lifestyle. Let's talk about what's happening. What's, what, are, what are the things that are contributing? And then on top of that, we'll be looking at what are some of the hormonal things we need to be thinking about? What are the stressors that we need to be talking about? The goal is not necessarily to put a whole bunch more things on you to do. It's not like, okay, my prescription is for you to now do like get in the lotus position and do 45 minutes of transcendental meditation because like, when am I going to do that? You know, but are there ways that you can make a few tweaks to your lifestyle? Um, perhaps we will say like at times, maybe you need to take a supplement, something natural that's not dependency oriented that helps. Um, I have, I have done that. I've had some great successes with natural things that I've taken that I've recommended for patients that have been so helpful. And it's just little things like that, that you get your sleep and all of a sudden you wake up the next morning and you're like, I am a new person. I can actually think I have energy. And now that's self-reinforcing. It's like, well, I really like mm -hmm. ice cream, but I really like feeling like that in the morning. So right. I'm going to have ice cream, but I'm not going to have it a lot because I know if I don't, I'm going to feel really good in the morning. And that's a really nice feeling, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a trade-off, the trade-off. Yeah. And it's a good point with the hormones. Cause I'm definitely in that, that area of my life where it, and I don't take any, anything for hormones or even mm -hmm. explored that, that. So where it may be showing on my very <laughs> scientific Fitbit that it's a, the bowl of ice cream, it could be other things. You just don't Absolutely. know until you look into it. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, mm -hmm. it's more complex, I think, than just focusing on estrogen and progesterone for women. Because if you go to your gynecologist, you know, they're going to probably focus on those things as they should. Um, but there's a lot of other layers. There's adrenal health, which is our stress glands. There's thyroid. Um, there's nutritional support of those hormones. There's a lot of, a lot of pieces of the puzzle that 
and it's very individual and very personal. Some people have a preference for natural. Some people want, you know, just give me everything, you know, there's and everything in between. So I think it's just taking each individual woman on a case by case basis and understanding her in the context of her life and her values is what we try to do. And I love that. I, so, I mean, I go to a naturopath and I'll tell you, I mean, that experience of going to a naturopath for both myself and my husband has been a game changer. Um, And it was funny because my husband fought me for the longest time. Like he just, he used to suffer. I mean, he does. We actually just got off of a long four day one, but migraines, he gets migraines that are just debilitating. Like he's in bed for three days. And, um, I kept telling him like, you need to go because there's something more. And you know, and this is a perfect example of like, you go to your doctor and they'll say, okay, let me write you a prescription for a migraine medication, or maybe we'll send you in to make sure that there's nothing going on in terms of in the brain. But when he went to that naturopath, they actually do a blood test and a, and a food sensitivity test. And, you know, they test him for so many different things and then can offer supplements mm-hmm. and some, you know, protocols and regimens and things. And he, for the first time in his life, like went months without one. And right. he had never, I mean, had never gone that long. And it was interesting because in this one that just peaked, he had been going off of his stuff and he had been, he thought he was good. You know, you get to a point where you yeah, think you're healthy and you're like, I don't need it anymore. Right. Um, but yeah, I just, I definitely think, and that is, it's so key. It's like, you know, just go in and figure out, you know, what is the yeah. root cause? Mm-hmm. And there could be some very simple solutions to your I point. mean, I think people are, are trained to be so passive. It's like, you don't realize that you can fix a lot of things. Now we can't fix everything. Like I have an autoimmune disease that is a break in my immune system somewhere that I, I can't go in there and fix it. Um, but we, there's a lot of things we can really substantially make better. And I think, um, just offering a prescription for the symptom really puts the patient in a very passive role and doesn't necessarily solve the problem. So they're just using this medication The med- migraine one's terrible because they only give you nine pills a month. And then what are you supposed to do the rest of the time? You know? So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's worth people's time and effort to at least incorporate some other things to try to solve the problem. And even if they have to rely on medication, sometimes as I do, I, I take medications for my problem. Mm -hmm. That's okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, let's talk about testing because you do talk about that, um, on your website Mm -hmm. and we're, you know, many of our listeners are crazy busy just going in and getting tests, you know, Mm -hmm. depending on if the lab is located where your doctor's office is or you're going somewhere else. What type of testing do you offer and and what is that process like? Yeah, we offer a lot of different types of testing. It's, this is a big area for, for um, when people have never experienced integrative and functional naturopathic medicine, I think it blows people's minds because they realize how, how short changed their evaluations have been in the past where they're just a venerable superficial approach. Um, We do all kinds of tests, um, hormone testing, thyroid testing, nutrition, very deep nutrition evaluations, evaluations of genetics, neurotransmitters, the, chemi- the chemistry of behavior, um, gut health, stool testing. Um, you know, just I, there, there are, are so many rocks to look under. It is, as a, as a physician, it's a really exciting thing to do because it's very intellectually stimulating. You really get to take a lot of pieces of the puzzle and go, aha. Here's what here's what's going on, and when you take a patient on the on that journey with you, to have the patient go like, oh, I had no idea that I could know this much and understand this much about myself, it's so fun and it's so it's very fascinating. 
fascinating for people to do that. So I'll just give you an example. When you go have a cardiovascular evaluation at your general checkup that you go in once a year, you get a cholesterol panel, which is a total HDL, LDL, triglycerides, and maybe a blood sugar. So five things. And, you know, call it a day if all that looks good. Our cardiovascular risk panel has somewhere between 20 and 25 markers. And so it's a much more significant in-depth evaluation. And you might say, well, why is that important? Well, because we're trying to prevent stuff. Isn't that ultimately why we're looking at those things and trying to stratify risk and trying to personalize the treatment approach and the prevention approach? So if you're just doing the same thing on everybody and you're not taking into consideration a lot of other factors, you're really going to miss a lot. And people do. People are like, oh, that guy was a marathon runner. He ate like he was a vegan and he had a heart attack. It's like, well, how does that happen? Well, Mm -hmm. Nobody looked, right? So um, there, there's a lot of really great testing and it's, it's fun. And it's done at home, which is the best part. Yeah. <laughs> we send yeah. it to you and you do it at your house on your time, whenever it works for you, yeah, yeah which is great. I had that, um, you know, an example is I had a blood test and I didn't even really know what he was testing. He's just like, okay, here's what I recommend. And it came back that I had the MTHFR um, right. mouth and I had the double, I had the double like, almost, and so yeah. to your point, like when I started reading and educating myself about what does that mean? And, and yeah. for everybody out there, it really means that I don't break down and metabolize things that normal people would. And one, yes. one of those examples is folic acid. Right. So if you were to look at my blood, be like, Oh, great. You know, take your prenatal vitamin and keep taking your supplements. Well, I'm not, it's building up like in a toxic level. Yeah. Yeah. And when you look at like what that can cause, and then you look at my family history, there's polycystic ovarian syndrome, there's autism, there's depression. And it's like, Boom. I mean, that's my entire family. <laughs> yes. And it was that was not planned sh- audience, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was shocking. And what I but it becomes a powerful tool. Like at that definitely. point, I could educate my sisters and say, You yes. you definitely have at least one, you know, you have these yeah. genes too, because if I have both, it means both our mom and dad yes. did. And now for my kids, right. I can just modify their diet. I can put them on supplements that um you know, you just need the methylated form of folic acid instead of, and what mama doesn't want to do that. Like we want to, we want our kids to be as healthy as possible. Right. So yeah, it's it's powerful. Really great. Really powerful. I totally agree with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, That's fascinating to me. I mean, that's Heather and I are very different. She knows so much about herself, her body, her kids. (laughs) (laughs) And then I go on the kind of oblivious thing. So, I mean, this appeals to me because I, I really don't have the time to go in. If I'm not really falling apart, then that's a great day. <laughs> right. But to know things like that and to have a process where I can actually look and see yeah. um, would be great because I'm always, you know, striving to be healthier, Yeah. but I don't know what I'm doing. Well, I think the difference between you is not that you don't want to know. It's, it's probably Heather would drink from the fire hydrant and you would be like, a little bit at a time would be good. Like I can, I want to take in a little bit of information, you know, and so that's why really understanding people and understanding their style and how they want to approach things. Some people are like, let's go, let's do it all. Let's peel Mm -hmm. the onion. And other people really just need to take it on a little piece by piece basis because it's either overwhelming for them or they can only make so many changes in their life and all of it's good. There's no right way to do this. Yeah. That's why it's so great that you said that you like your patients to bring the information. Yeah. Like Heather would bring you so much information. You, you two would probably be on the phone for a week. 
I have been known. So mad. I have been known to bring a three ring binder of clinical studies to my pediatrician. I love it. I love it. Yes. Yes. I did. I used to fight them on the the vaccination. I my kids are all fully vaccinated, by the way. But yeah, I would you know I was the type that right. Yes, I went and got them. Me too. By free and from the manufacturer. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and for <laughs> yes. our listeners, if anyone else out there has no idea what MTHFR means, yes. you're joining yeah. me on that one. Methyl tetrahydrofolate reductase. It's a, right. Yeah. So I love saying it because it just sounds so totally nerdy, but um, <laughs> getting a little bit more, I think it's getting a little bit more press. And so people are starting to understand mm-hmm. that it's a thing and that's mm-hmm. good. I mean, and yeah. there's a gazillion more obviously that we would, we should talk about, but not today, but you know, it's, there's yeah. definitely a lot to know for sure. Yeah. I think that's the point is there's, I mean, I had never heard of it before mm-hmm. I had that done either, but it was a real big game changer. And so I just, yeah. I do think, um, you know, you're missing the boat if you're not really seeking care through a functional practitioner and an integrative type of medicine doctor that can really dive a little deeper. Yeah. So I would, <laughs> Tiffany, so could you tell our listeners about your website and where they can find oh, yeah. you and what you have going on right now? Absolutely. So um, our website, uh, www.vitalvy.com not V-I, V-Y-T-A-L health.com. Um, on the website, you can take a symptom quiz, which is kind of a nice way to work through and it takes, you know, all of five minutes, work through some symptoms and see if you can kind of get a sense of maybe what's going on. It's not diagnostic, but it just kind of will direct you. Like, could this be a hormone problem? Could this be a gut problem? You know, what, what could be going on? Um, you can look at all of our physicians and read about them. There's great blogs, which are wonderful forms of education that we've written. All all of our clinicians have written. Um, So it's a great resource. And obviously, because we're a digital health and telemedicine company, everything that we do is done through the website. So you don't have to pick up the phone. I mean, you can, you can call us. We're we're happy to talk. We're happy to talk you through like what position might be the best one for you. Um, But you can do everything online. So it's really simple from the comfort of home or your office. Um, and then uh, we, we're pretty active on social as well. Um, our, our handles for Facebook and Instagram are at your vital health, Y-O-U-R vital health. Um, we're on LinkedIn, we're on YouTube. Um, and the cool thing that we're doing now that I think is particularly pertinent to you all and your audience is we are focusing our model on busy women. Mm-hmm. And um, what we identified with our first year of business was that who, who we were serving was busy women. Those are the women that are finding our particular approach to delivering this type of care via telemedicine, the convenience that they were looking for. So if you're an at-home mom and you have kids that nap, you know you don't have to get a babysitter, haul them in your car across town, whatever. If you're working, you don't have to leave the office. Um, it's just a very very convenient way to receive this type of care in, in your convenience. So, um, so we're, we're literally focusing on the busy mom, the busy working mom, the busy working person, um, and trying to meet her needs in a way that syncs up with her life more. So that's, you'll see some changes coming to our website and our messaging around that in the coming probably month or so. Um, and we'll be moving towards a membership model as well, which we think will help women receive much more care at their, on their terms and in a way that is much more comprehensive and um, allows that woman to have a personal guide and a personal physician for the long run, which is also very different for telemedicine. Most telemedicine is a you know, urgent care visit. So this is a relationship, 
um, that you can have with a doctor, the best doctor for you, no matter where you are. Well, I love it. And Tiffany, one of the questions that we always ask our guests, what does it mean to you to be brave? Uh, well, that's a great question. I think being brave is deciding that you're not going to stay in something that's not working and being brave enough to go forth with your own vision of what you think is right in the world, no matter what's important to you, um, requires a lot of bravery. Um, but I even think just showing up and being, you know, being a woman, a mom, a physician, somebody who works in, in whatever role, that, that we're brave. Just, <laughs> that's, a, that's a brave thing <laughs> right there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much. It was so great learning more about you and all that you do. And um, I'm so excited because I know for myself, I mean, it's, this is exactly what I need. I, it's like, and I think it's going to change. Like I said, I think now more than ever, we're going to not want to go drive and physically go into offices when we can seek absolutely. care and great care. Oh, in a great. Way. So thank you. To be here. It was wonderful to talk with both of you. You too. Thanks, Thanks. so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And I'd like to ask you, if you did, if you could please go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review and a five-star rating, I hope. I really would like to get this podcast out to more women supporting women, and I can't do it without your help. Thanks so much, and be brave. <laughs>